Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's 7 a.m. and you're listening to the smooth, smooth tones of two chunks and a hunk. And on this show, they are talking about podcasts and talking about itty bitty podcasts, a podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. I am Doge. And for this morning exclusively, I am Jordan. What a sultry, sultry mini Monday. <laughs> it truly is sultry. Uh, some I'd other say su- that. Some other sultry news, some hot, hot news is that our good show, Shits Creek. Yep. Cleaned up. Won everything. Absolutely Every single comedy up. Emmy. If you want some, some fun views, there's a few things associated around this that I think you should watch. If you go to Emmy's website, uh, you can actually watch every acceptance speech. And actually, they're all really good. And most of them had me teary-eyed, especially because you have a father and son that yeah, are sharing yes. in the success. Yes, And I think that's so cool. Um, also, you get to watch... Uh, so Twyla in the show is Dan Levy's sister. Yep. There's also a great video of Gosh, her. Gosh, that's the best video. Yes, and it's just it's just cutscenes of of her seeing them win every single award and to see how <laughs> excited she is for the show, for her family, for her dad, for her brother brings all that good Monday morning joy. So if y'all haven't seen that yet, I highly recommend it. So far my favorite is somebody just zoomed in on Dan Levy um <laughs> behind um oh Goodness, I can't remember her name all of a sudden. Uh, uh, Annie Murphy. No, oh. Annie Murphy. When Annie Murphy's giving her speech, Alexis. they zoomed in on Dan. And the caption was just like, everybody needs a Dan Levy. Because he's just going nuts behind. Like everything she says, he's at, he's like banging yeah. the table. He's like, he's like, that's right. That's right. Like yeah. back behind her. Oh, it's so good. I think he says no way like yeah. five times. Yeah. <laughs> just so happy for her. I love it. And I think they did an interesting thing. And we might have touched on it a little bit during a mini Monday. But some of the best shows do choose to stop at a time that you don't think they should have. Right. Like, th- yeah. That you didn't want. Right. I-, I can certainly look at the six seasons of Shit's Creek and say, you know what, that, that, that actually was a good time yeah. to end it. But um, yeah, one of the, I'm sure Dan Levy has been fielding a lot of questions about why not more or will you come back, right? He's, he's just freshly done and yeah. people are already like, please bring it back. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they should honor it and, and not. They, yeah. They have it's said one of those f- they're done. Good. Like officially. It's, excellent. it's one of the, the few shows that I feel is front to back. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And even if you argue that season one's a little bit slow, you immediately start to appreciate that season once you jump into the next, you know? Exactly. It's like, okay, I, I actually get all of that. Yeah. 
It's a, well, I mean, season one is all about character development, but that's not to say it's not funny. Right. You know, like, I don't know. I, I think it's, yeah, Doge, I think it's just about perfect for me. Um, yep. One of my favorite TV couples, one of my favorite TV weddings, never cry at TV weddings. Yeah. Cried at a TV wedding. Perfect. I had simply the best is still stuck in my head. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We're, we're going on since I started this journey about a year and a half <laughs> of just all versions of it. And I love yep. any, any version of it, but yeah. Um, speaking of new versions, let's talk a little bit about Snyder's cut. Jordan had brought this up right before. Oof. And I have to be frank with you. I just stopped listening to that news. I, it might've gotten to my ears, but my brain said, no, and yeah. I think bounced it off. But so yeah, there's your brain's looking things. out for you. The Snyder Cut reshoot has a budget that is bigger than a lot of movies coming out this year. <laughs> um, Jordan, we're going to act like I guess you're uh, you're on the scene here. What sure. was the info that you knew about the most recent updates on our Snyder Cut of the Justice League? Yeah, and I feel like it, it kind of like we talked about before we hit record this morning. It, I don't even necessarily know how much of it is new and how much of it is just sinking into me for the first time maybe, but um, I just saw, it was actually Shannon Woodward, uh, the voice actress for Dina for um, The Last of Us 2, or like uh, she was in Westworld. She's done a lot of things. Um, she just tweeted a joke that I fully agree with uh, and it was just talking about the $70 million reshoots for the Snyder cut and her joke that she tweeted that of course she got roasted for by a lot of Snyder fans was <laughs> narrator says, of course there was no cut. And yeah, that is for better, for worse, exactly my feelings on this whole thing. It really feels like Zack Snyder said, guys, oh man, the movie I was going to make was going to be incredible. Sorry, you guys will never get to see it. And then HBO was like, hey, let's let him see it. And Zach was like, oh no. And had to scramble <laughs> to pull together his brilliant, perfect, only ruined by studio intervention movie. I think yeah, I lost is, my cut. Can I Can I borrow $70 can million I, dollars to go find it? Or, or well, does really, anybody have a cut that I could have? That I could buy for 70? The funniest part is who is saying, yeah, yeah, you've had some pretty good, you've got some recent successes. We can, we can count on this. <laughs> like no dude he did 300 and, and sucker it. punch you can't forget about sucker don't punch. forget sucker punch and wasn't there an, the uh the owls was, of gahool was that Zack snyder yeah okay, that wait, movie that actually introduced me bad. to yeah that was <laughs> that actually not a terrible movie a little bit rule which is funny that that's my favorite Zack snyder movie <laughs> it also it also introduced <laughs> me to kings pool. and queens by uh 30 seconds to mars in that trailer yeah yeah and, yeah uh, Still, still a wow. great song. What a wild, what a wild and lawless time that was. And we were just putting 30 seconds to Mars in a trailer for an animated movie about owls. Now we're putting 30 seconds to Mars as the Joker. <laughs> 30 seconds to Mars just needs to stay out of movies, doesn't it? Not altogether. Jared Leto has done good things. That's true. It's just Joker was definitely not one of them. I appreciate no, the dude. He was damaged. The, the pronunciation on that too. The, I, I like that you're going with his pronunciation. Jared what is it? Leto. Leto. Is it what, is what he Leto? says? Leto? I say Leto. I think it's Leto. You could be right, though. I could be wrong. Like Beto. Like Tanay. Remember yeah. when I said Tanay about Tanay? You still throw a rogue letter in into Tim- Timothy Chalamet's name, so. Oh, an in? Yeah. I'm, I think because like Char- I, I think it's like Charlemagne in my Le- head. Yeah. No, you end, up him, you end up calling him Nimothy a lot. Nimothy 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 Nalame is what I notice a lot. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 
other fun things to just kind of grab on YouTube. We talked about watching the reaction from, uh, I, I feel bad that I can't remember who plays Twyla. What is her real Sarah. name? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah uh, Watching her reaction videos. If There's plenty of Dune content, really good Dune content out there. Media junkets uh, are handled in a way uh, that is almost more enjoyable to watch because uh, used to we're used to having like a couple members of the cast sit down and then an interviewer and you hear people ask them the same 20 questions as they go through all of this. But for Dune, we have the Dune cast, which it was, it came out on the day that the Dune trailer had dropped with Stephen Colbert so you, with Stephen Colbert. And you have the entire cast and you get to really, it's a good, I think 13 to 17 minutes. Yeah, It's really cool. Denis jumps in, doesn't he? Denis jumps in. Yeah. yeah. And to Ooh. see everybody's respect for him. Are you? St- I am. I'm all about the hype. I I don't know. He's just my boy, movie, and I love him. I don't know if this movie is going to be released in December anymore. No, because there's a lot of big movies that are bumping over to 2021. Black Widow We've just had, pushed we have again. Black Widow, and we don't really know when in 2021. Um, I heard No March. Time to Die is is saying November still, so that's interesting. Uh, the Eternals then, so obviously, you know, with the MCU's releases uh, and the movies that they've made, if they're going to bump back Black Widow, they're going to do everything. I think they want to yeah. release those in a certain order. I think they've got four slated for next year currently. Oh, that's yeah. fine. That's exciting to me. We've what been the, now over a year without an MCU release. Yeah, this is the first year since 2009 with no Marvel movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's Black Widow, Eternals, uh, it's Shang-Chi and Spider-Man, right? Nice. Those is that are right? Four, I think. I think so. Another Spider-Man? No, yeah, or is Spider-Man. it, is it right? uh, Doctor Strange? No, Doctor Strange 2, I think, comes out 2022. Okay. Y'all Did remember how hard news? we roasted Fast and Furious back back before I was the world l- turned sour? literally about to say this because they went from an April release. They were the first ones to... They pushed it a full year. A full at- year. That's because they know. Whoever is at the helm... I don't want to say it's Vin. Maybe it is. But whoever is at the helm. Uh, in the driver's the fast, seat, Carter, please. In the, sorry. In the driver's seat for the Fast and Furious series knows exactly how to make the most money. Yeah. And make all the right moves. And so It doesn't they, hurt that their blood is Corona as well. So they, right. have, an, uh, they have a leg up They're on the coronavirus. Already, <laughs> basically, whatever our first inclination is about a Fast and Furious piece of news, it I will end up feeling the opposite of it, probably. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah every, that's true. <laughs> every time something happens, I'm like, really? Come on, Fast and Furious. And then like two months later, I'm like, honestly, they were kind of ahead of the times. <laughs> well, I think they- that's actually going to happen because I saw a casting thing the other day that said that uh, John Cena is playing a Toretto. He's like Dom's like cousin or brother or something. And my first thought was, oh, that's stupid. I guarantee I'm going to love yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably oh, going to be yeah. incredible. You right. love it because it's stupid. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the right. point. <laughs> right. Dang, the I miss the... When we one day do every movie on the planet, can we circle back to some and make Fast and Furious one of the series we circle Let's back to again? just do those again. again. Yeah. Just yes. with, with older eyes, older, gentler, kinder eyes. I would love yeah. to look back on that. I'd love yeah. to take another crack at Fast and Furious, but love it from the start. That's like, true. I love if it the right possible. way. Yeah. It'd be, it does, it'd be incredible. It was a unique experience to go back. I... I Chunkies, if you haven't listened to that series, I we can't say it enough. I think we bring it up at least once a month. Probably you yeah. go back and listen to the Fast and Furious series. It was just such a journey for us. It really was. Um, I want to do a little bit of your four again. Today. Ooh. We've, we've done this once. And so uh, last 
time that we played, which I think was during the Fugitive series, we were talking about your four favorite detectives. The way that mm. your four works is, uh, I had thought of this back when I was kind of doing my own little Mount Rushmore of, of movie villains and things like that. But I think it's fun to uh, maybe try and make some kind of connection about the uniqueness of just these different kinds of characters or roles in movies. And so as I'm watching Knives Out this week and getting ready to review that tomorrow, uh, it, I, I'm loving that ensemble. And I was just thinking yes. about oh my goodness, yes. how ensembles tend to be some of the better movie experiences, but are never decorated. It is never uh, Academy Award decorated, right? Like an, an ensemble right. often is, well, we can't give it to one of them, which is a good right. thing, right? Right. And so did y'all specifically stick with movies? Yes. Okay. I have one. I have a, a safety pick that's a TV show. Okay, but, I'll allow it. But I would love to have your four favorite ensembles. I actually looked up the definition of ensemble in terms of like how many people have to be a part of that. So you need to have at least four. Good. Oh, I'm good. So I, I hope so. The, sorry, the Orlando Bloom Three Musketeers is out. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I was actually that. just going to pick Orlando Bloom as my favorite ensemble. Amazing. He contains Amazing. multitudes. So we'll, <laughs> we'll go through each of our. Uh, ensembles, uh, we'll, we'll do them one at a time and then give me just a little bit as to why. Uh, is anybody willing to go first and yeah. share their, their first mind. ensemble? Just just one. Just one of them. Is just what you're one saying. for now. Yeah, okay. So these aren't really in any particular order for me, um, but Same. the first one that I have chosen is um, The Fellowship. Hey. I mean... I had the fellowship as well. Yeah, of course. I do too. I mean, how uh, particularly with the three of us, but like if yeah. you like the Lord of the Rings and ensemble cast comes up, I feel like the fellowship has to come up in conversation. It's huge. First of all, there's a lot of them. Um, but I mean, and we've talked in depth about Lord of the Rings on this show, but they're just, um, I don't know. It's a really unique movie. I, I, I've said before that like the relationship between the characters is so unique in the way that it is both like like very intense and protective, but also like gentle and caring. And uh, it is, I, I said it's no particular order, but I mean, they're my favorite movies on my list. So maybe it's my favorite. Yeah, but yeah I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it makes it, you, we get to see that connection and we've talked about it obviously in a series that we've done before, but the fact that they're filming all of these movies all at once, right. Yeah. Kind of have this family that came out of the entire process and it totally shows, but yeah, absolutely, a great one. Uh, Doge, this, give us a, give us your second one. Yeah, this is the reason that I I enacted my safety pick because I was confident, Carter. As soon as you messaged us in Slack, like we're gonna do your four again, I was like, okay, we're all gonna pick the fellowship. So I'm gonna yeah. have a safety quip prepared. I think we'll all have a uh, couple a couple doubles. My safety pick that I've prepared uh, is the the family and crazy stupid love plus Ryan Gosling. Uh, I'm gonna go Steve Carell, Julian Moore. Amazing. Emma Stone, That's such a good pull. And yeah. Ryan Gosling. They have such believable chemistry. Every single possible pairing of them, every single possible group of three of them has wonderful, wonderful chemistry. Yeah. And I think they're the reason I love that movie so much. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a really good pick. I did not think of that. As, as I was kind of going through, I was just forgetting how many movies are like this. I know. And it's just this full totally. cast that it was never heavily decorated or anything, but it's just all so good. For me, like ensembles a lot of the times end up being just a bunch of A-listers. Like these are all people that have probably won <laughs> yeah. Oscars before, but because of this movie, it just wasn't going to happen. Yep. And I don't think there's a movie hardly more fun than Ocean's Eleven. Hey, that's on my list too. 
So I had to have that as one of my ensemble. Totally. Because when you talk about A-listers, you know, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, just to name a few, uh, are all Julia together. Roberts. Yes. I mean, the whole thing is insane. Yeah, it's 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 just so good. And we talk about media junkets. I think Ocean's Eleven was one of the fun funnest to follow. Like when these people all worked together and talking about like the pranks that they would do and just how much fun they would have on set. You got to think that there's this vibe that everybody knows. It's like, hey, we're really just doing this. We just want to make a fun, like good movie. Nobody's in this to win it. You know, yep. it's not like we're not trying to blow anybody's socks off. To me is what yeah. that kind of felt Dude, like. Dude, we need to do stuff. a Steven Soderbergh series, I think, because I like pretty much every movie he's made too. Yep, for sure. Those, did you also have Oceans? I know Jordan I did not. Did. I did okay. not. Great. Um, I hate those movies. I think they're stupid. No, that them? can't be true. No, I you actually have not stupid. seen them. Okay. Whoa. You know, good. you know how I feel about heist movies. So Ocean's Eleven is I always a blast for heist me. Movie. <laughs> I love it. Uh, another ensemble I have uh, is our good friends of Toy Story. Oh, yes. yes. I almost um, put them on mine. Yeah. That, that ensemble is, I thought it would be fun to have an animated movie in here, but uh, this was another one that, that none of them individually won anything and it's tough for voice acting, right? I wonder yeah. if there's going to be a day that we do have a voice acting award. Uh, yeah. I know that those exist, but it's not on a really high level, like a, uh, an Oscar or seems like there should be Golden some kind Globe. of like virtual performance award, like best mm-hmm. actor in a virtual role. And that we yeah. could cover like voice acting and like Andy circus style mocap. Yes. Yes. And, um, and toy story for me was one of those that it felt like, uh, there seemed to be some level of thoughtfulness in every iteration of the movie of adding people to the ensemble. Yeah. And, and kind of trying to make that work, you know, yeah. not just, not all the ton of the side characters, but if somebody came on and stuck, you know, like Jesse in Toy Story 2, sure. Bullseye and that kind of stuff. I think they did that really well. Yeah, I agree. Jordan, give us another. Um, yeah. So one of mine is um, many iterations of it moving forward, but specifically the very first one in, uh, I guess it would have been 2011 Avengers, uh, Joss Whedon's Avengers. I remember sitting in the theater and the circle shot in Manhattan yep. when it's being destroyed and they all are together back to back and just like my brain almost couldn't even like same dude comprehend yeah. it. Like like my something in my brain was like this can't be real. Yeah. Um yep. What was fun about that too is they weren't all A-list. Right. Um they well, become that. They were close. Certainly half weren't of them, yet. Half of Chris them Hemsworth weren't. definitely was right. not. Hemsworth and Evans. Chris Evans also was not a huge eh, Chris dude Evans yet. had been around for a minute. But that doesn't make you an A-lister that you've That's been fair. around. That's fair. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I just remember the feeling. And I, I get that feeling every Avengers team up. Like every time. Even, yeah, in, every new even in things like Spider-Man Homecoming when Tony shows up. Like it's just like, oh, they're there. Like but yeah. it, nothing... The the Joss Whedon's Avengers isn't even close to my favorite Marvel movie, but there is nothing that will ever top that moment in the MCU for me when I was in theaters, and that is yeah. the epitome of what an ensemble is supposed to do. Is get I mean, you I think Avengers Assemble, there. Avengers Assemble in Endgame comes pretty close for it's me a good to point. topping that. At that point, it's almost not an ensemble anymore either. At that point, it's, it's like an army. Yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. This is an army cast. Yeah. You're right. Um, um, I think what's really fun and unique about that Avengers ensemble is most of our memories don't have to be all the action sequences they share. 
a lot mm-hmm. of it is just the conversations and the relationships that they share yeah. you know, outside of the battlefield. And so that's saying a lot for a superhero movie. Yep. Are we allowed to bring TV in, Carter? Are you going to allow can, that? I will allow it. I will allow it's it. It's obviously going to be the roses from Schitt's Creek. They okay. each individually won Emmys for their roles like less than a week ago. Yeah, that's They're, the only uh, way that you can be on this list as an ensemble is if you neither like nobody won one or everybody won one. Yeah, right. it, that is so, like the, to me, that's just the most perfect comedy ensemble. They play off of each other. The characters are so well written uh, in the way that they interact. It's uh, simply the best. Nice. Very good. Uh, my last one that I have is Fast and Furious. I'm going to say specifically seven. <laughs> good. Yeah. Fast and Furious seven. Um they had just made a lot of big moves already and brought back a lot of people and somehow almost made as much money and as much impact on me as around the same time we had our Avengers crew. It's so funny <laughs> because it is so, it is so different and yet so similar. Uh, but Fast and Furious 7, that crew, that ensemble, uh, is just some of the most fun I've ever had in a movie i just remembered that they're bringing han back for i did too i literally just did too makes me very excited um my boy can i say my last nobody really dies nobody does it's like comics uh my final ensemble is the cast of mean girls they're the best oh that's so good goodness uh very good it was actually they were the first ones that i thought of when yeah, when you when when we were talking about ensembles, immediately my brain says, "Gotta be, gotta be the plastics, gotta be." I mean, That's specific so specifically their group. Lindsay Lohan's great. Tina Fey's great. Like, there's a, but it's it's the plastics, and there's no question about it for me. They are, you know, you you talk about brilliantly written comedy, and especially does with something like Schitt's Creek. One of the, if not the largest element, is chemistry, and thankfully both of our comedy ensembles here have it just in absolute droves. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've got it to spare. But the there's something about watching Mean Girls. I could believe that Rachel McAdams could have chemistry with anybody when she's in that character. Like, I believe that, yeah. that there is... But then I could also believe that about all of them, I think. And that's what makes it so powerfully funny. Yeah. Love it. How many plastics are there? Four, I believe. Is Lindsay the fourth? No, isn't it? Lindsay becomes the fourth. There's only three plastics. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah. you would, if you include Lindsay, then then you can have your. Audience. Then you. No, then I'm including we'll Lindsay, it. Tina Fey. I'm including oh, Tim oh, gotcha. Meadows. I'm gotcha. including the entire cast. I'm just saying, per- gotcha. in particular, I Tim Meadows is in that. In particular, the plastics. I'm including the whole. Okay. Uh, Kit Caboodle. My last one is actually gonna be the Thrombies from Knives Out, plus uh, Marta nice. and uh, Daniel it's, Craig. It's yeah. wonderful. Every time that any of them interact, I'm I have that. It's not the same Avengers feeling, but it's a a close cousin of that Avengers feeling. Sure. Where I'm thinking, like, how how is it? How do I know all of these characters so well? And I've only seen them in this one movie. You yeah. Know what I mean, and I think like that. We'll definitely talk about that in our episode. But I think yeah, I was gonna say like, spoilers, dude. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but I, like by the end of the movie, I feel like I could have picked any of those, any of the members of the family plus Marta, plus uh, Detective Blanc, put them in any situation and known how they were going to react, Blanc. which yeah. to, to me is the sign of a well-written and well-acted, like a fully realized character. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Very good. Very good. I have uh, one honorable mention. Tell me. 
Luke, Han, Leia, 3PO, R2, Chewie. Yeah, I thought of Star Wars too. That is, that is also quite the ensemble. The ensemble. Um, the last activity I want to have for this episode is a bit of a crossover. I'm going to try something <gasps> new because I want, to, I want to go ahead and tease that after our episode with Knives Out tomorrow, which Knives Out feels like an appropriate title to jump straight into our first Chunktober. Uh, in yeah. terms of talking about horror movies. Ooh. So next week, it starts with The Shining. And I, I was banking on all of us choosing The Fellowship uh, in our most recent game as one of our favorite ensembles. And so I want to do a little bit of In This Corner. And we're going to be Excellent. talking about iconic axe wielders. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> this one, particularly, we have In One Corner... Gimli, son of Gloin, and in the other, Jack Torrance at the end <laughs> of The Shining. I don't remember. What happens, is this a fight to the death? No, like, it's what? not a fight to the death. What happens okay. in this is I'm going to give you scenarios from each movie, and you have to choose which was best or who did it best. Got it. Okay. In this case, okay. who wielded it best. If y'all are against each other, because again, you only have two choices, then I need to have an argument between the two of you. Got it. We gotcha. should just have three rounds. So I want to start with who had a more iconic axe scene? I'll give you specifics. Gimli at the very fellowship in Rivendell saying, and my axe, when he picks it up. Uh, I'm trying to think of stuff that people quote more. Right. Uh, and then you can have your own reasons to why they would be better. Or Jack Torrance is uh, banging away at the door, sticking his head through and saying, here's Johnny. Uh, who, who did it better? This is very tough, actually. I know. I, I was me. just like, what if? And then I went through some of these scenarios. I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> I, I am going with Gimli. Ooh, I'm the Jack boy. So let me explain. Okay. I think worldwide it is Jack. Worldwide is Pitbull. But well, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think on a global scale and the average person, it is Jack. Here's Johnny. Boom, boom, boom. I do think that... In my circles and in the circles I have enjoyed talking movies with the most, it is and my ex. And so for that reason alone, I think I legally have to go with Gimli in all situations. See, I'm the exact same reasoning, but I I land on, well, worldwide, Mr. Pitbull says that Jack Torrance is a bigger deal. So world, I think globally... It's got to be the shining scene. That's the one that's on like, you know, any, anytime there's a, a compilation of like most iconic scenes in American cinema or like that's on the little reel at Alamo draft house. I can hear the Alamo draft house music playing, you know, while I watch that. So to me, yeah, that's I, had the most cultural influence. I'll say, especially with the Alamo draft house pull from Doge, we'll give this one to Jack Torrance. The next one though, might not be as easy for him. If you were to have uh, someone uh, maybe that you know well, that knows movies well, uh, and you say, hey, I want you to draw each axe. Uh, what is going to be an axe that is depicted in more realism, do you think, in terms of people's memory of what it looks like, the Jack, the Jack Torrance axe or Gimli's axe, if you're having people kind of draw that for us? Jack, the Jack Torrance axe. I'm yeah, it's, I'm the trying Jack, to picture the, it's the Jack Torrance axe. I'm trying to picture the Gimli axe, and I'm unclear if I'm picturing an axe from Skyrim or not. Well, my, my reasoning for the Jack Torrance axe is that I'm a terrible artist, but I could draw a regular axe, and that's all that yeah. is. So. <laughs> um, that's funny. I, I think I would have been better at drawing Gimli's axe than just any, <laughs> any other generic axe. 
Um, and finally, I want a more memorable... Who had the most memorable kill? I'll let you choose any of Gimli's in all of Lord of the Rings. jeez. Oh, uh, versus really the one that we see from Jack Torrance, which is unfortunately Scatman Carruthers' character. Uh, I think... It, how, how was it, his name pronounced? Halloran? Uh, Halloran. His, Halloran. Really interesting name. Uh, but, but which one of these uh, do you feel like was more memorable or stuck with you more? Yeah, I'm, so I'm going with Jack here only because there's only one and it feels yeah, more me memorable because of that. Like, th- because there's only one death and it's so big. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it absolutely is the same way. I, I guarantee you, watching Lord of the Rings, there were a million times when Gimli did some sort of cool axe thing, like cut an orc's head off or right. cut an orc's arm off or cut an orc's leg off. Or and I was a warg like, or something. Or a, and I, I was like, I oh, so cool. But I can't remember them specifically because they there are so many of them. Yep. This is really interesting. I didn't think it would get to this, but we have figured out that Jack Torrance would have been a better member of the Fellowship than mm. uh, than Gimli, and so that's yeah. huge. That's the kind of stuff that Two Chunks uh, <laughs> likes to do on a weekly basis. I'm not even just- willing to co-sign my name next to that joke. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to picture Jack Nicholson saying the iconic Gimli lines. Oh my gosh! This is the part. All work and no play makes Frodo a dull boy. <laughs> I cannot make the jump. You'll have to toss me. You'll have to toss me. <laughs> One of their wee belts. Um, they call it a mine. <laughs> uh, to to end this episode, I'd love your name. And then give me another axe wielder in movies that you think could have had a shot against one or both of our In This Corner participants. I'm Carter. And, ooh, nope. I can't say that because it's a hammer. I was going to say Thor, but he ain't got, it's not really an axe, is it? It's got it is. Until, Stormbreaker's an axe. We'll do that then. We'll do Thor with Stormbreaker at that point. So, yeah, that's who I'll have. I'm Doge. That was my pick too, Thor with Stormbreaker. Because it's a cool axe, but it also flies and can summon the Bifrost. Um, I'm Jordan, and I'm going to say Kratos. Kratos with his Stormbreaker. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the, the same, same axe. axe. It's the same axe, but Kratos. There's got to be more axes out there. Kratos right? is scarier. Hey, hey, name one other character who wields an axe in a movie. Let's um, I'm pretty sure James now. Bond uses one in Quantum of Solace. No, okay. Uh, let's define. But use name a different one. one. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, use one one time is good, but a character who is an axe character. I don't. This this character has axe lore, but I don't think we ever see an axe in the movie. But you could say Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's My it. favorite axe wielder <laughs> is Abraham Lincoln. Is Abraham Lincoln? Yeah, I think Abraham Lincoln would have been a better member of the Fellowship. I have always yeah. said that. Same, same. I was about to do a, a a line from There Will Be Blood, though, and that's not Lincoln. <laughs> One does not simply drink my milkshake. (laughs) That's all of them. It's everybody. (laughs) It's the ultimate quote. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. 
Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.